we've been discussing for the last four weeks, the, the concept of, of really kind of wanting to blend in sometimes, not really stand out. And yet God has given us something so great that we certainly want to draw attention not to ourselves but to the God who loved us. And so tonight as we finish up this idea of not being chameleons, fighting that urge to fit in, we'll see that God has called us to be imitators of our Savior, Jesus. Yes, sometimes, maybe you've heard this statement before, that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So that immediately drew my attention back to one of the shows that, well, probably has more than its fair share of cringeworthy moments, particularly when it comes to the main character, Michael Scott, Scott's Tots, anyone? Can you even watch that episode? I don't know. Maybe you remember this one after Michael uh, has this, I don't know, obsession maybe is the right word for the temp, Ryan. And when Ryan gets the job at corporate and comes back to visit, he's got a goatee. And then a few days later, Michael has a goatee. He's got to copy Ryan. And then, of course, Ryan's not too happy that Michael has a goatee, so he shaves his off and then Michael shaves his goatee as well. Yeah, Ryan didn't really appreciate being mimicked, being imitated by Michael. And I suppose we know that feeling sometimes too. Maybe you've been on one end or the other. Someone copied you, something that you did, the way that you dressed, what you wore. I don't know. Or maybe you did that to somebody else, especially in grade school, and there seems to be like territorial things when it comes to that kind of imitation. When we think about really what that is saying is that somebody likes your style, they like what you're doing, and that's where the saying came from, that flattery, or that's flattery is what the imitation is the sincerest form of. And I think it really fits when you think about what God is asking us to do. He wants us to be imitators of him, of his love, and, and in that way affect the lives of others. Listen to how the Apostle Paul wrote about it in Ephesians chapter 5, the first two verses. Therefore, be imitators of God as his dearly loved children and walk in love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'm not sure if you've thought about the book of Ephesians anytime recently, but that letter that the Apostle Paul write, wrote is, is six chapters long in our Bibles. And interestingly enough, it, it seems to divide into two distinct sections. The first three chapters are really all about what God has done for us. You might remember once upon a time hearing passages like this, verses from those first three chapters, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. Those first three chapters are filled with images of how God took our place in his son Jesus. And then in chapter 4, there's a very distinct break that moves from what God has done for us to our response to God now that we know what Christ has done for us. Chapter 5, as we're looking at tonight, is right in the middle, the middle chapter of those three chapters of what we would call our lives of sanctification, living in response to God's grace given to us. That first word that we read in chapter 5, therefore, always points back to something that was previously said. And so the Apostle Paul in chapter 4 talked all about being 
wise in how we live, being careful with our anger, watching our words. And the very last verse, right before chapter 5 starts, went like this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And then the very next words Paul writes, be imitators. Imitate God. Think about that just for a minute. That's a pretty tall order, isn't it? To be like God, to, to live like God, to, to love like God. There's no way that any of us can do that. That phrase, walk in love or live a life of love, it's easy to love people sometimes who love us in return or who have loved us first, but, but God wants us to love those who even have unkind words for us. He wants us to love people who are never going to love us in return. And we look at our own lives and say, never. There's no way that I can live up to this calling to, to imitate God, to, to be like God. That's why it's so necessary to hear what Paul says next, how we've been changed, how, how everything has changed in our lives because we know that that perfection, that perfect love was already lived by Jesus. Paul says it this way, that you and I are dearly loved children of God. Boy, we should never get sick of hearing that, should we? That we're dearly loved, that God cared about us so much that he sent his own son to take our place. And that's exactly what Jesus did, giving himself up so that we could live for him. Not only did Jesus sacrifice himself, but he also then serves as our role model for imitating God, just as in Christ, just as Christ sacrificed himself for you. Maybe you kind of know how this works. I bet when you were younger, you might have tried to mimic some of the things that your parents did, you learned from others. I can take you back a long, long time ago when my only son was about, oh, maybe three or four years old. He wasn't a great sleeper. And so I was teaching in high school at the time and I got up pretty early in the morning and it never failed. I'd, I'd be getting myself ready and who would come out of his bedroom to kind of stand with me as I was getting ready but my son Adam. And he loved to shave with me. So every morning he got up, I'd put the shaving cream on his face just like on my own and then I would always turn the razor around and use the backside without the blade to shave my son's face and he loved it, thought he was, you know, all grown up. And then, this is 5, 5.30 in the morning, he'd follow me down the stairs, out to my car in a detached garage, watch me drive away, and then go back in the house and go back to sleep. For a long time, my wife didn't believe me that he was doing that because when she got up in the morning, he was still in bed. I don't know why he did it. I don't, he's learned a lot since then that maybe I'm not the greatest person to imitate or mimic but, but that made him feel like he was important, made him feel like he was part of something. He was learning from somebody else. And I bet you other people have told you that about yourself too, that they can see some of your parents in you, right? Parents recognize the reflection, some of the mannerisms that, that children have that, that follow in their parents' footsteps. And that's really what God is asking here. 
As our heavenly father, he wants us to mimic him. He wants us to imitate him, to see his love for us and let that, that let, then let that spill over into the way that we live for others. And, and really, when you think about it, Paul lays it out so well here in chapter 5. I said these chapters were a lot more about our response to God, but always laced in between those instructions that Paul gives us for the way to live our Christian lives is the motivation behind it. And he does it here again in the first two verses of chapter 5 when he says that Christ sacrificed himself for us. That's really our reason. That's where it all begins. It's Jesus' sacrifice for us. Jesus was willing to take on himself the punishment for every sin, yours and mine, and to take that punishment as he hung on a cross. Paul has an interesting expression that takes us back to the Old Testament sacrificial system when he says that was a pleasing aroma to God. As the offerings went up to God, he smelled those often connected with maybe some incense and that people were willing to sacrifice to him made it a pleasing aroma. Well, that's Jesus. He didn't just sacrifice something, he sacrificed himself. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. That's the selflessness of Jesus. He was willing to subject himself to death, even death on a cross. So when we think about imitating Christ, that's where it all begins. It begins with what Christ has done for us first. It's been a few years now, but I remember when they first came out, Maybe you've seen them still. Sometimes people still wear them as bracelets or other things with the initials WWJD, what would Jesus do? Obviously, that's something that people wear as to say, I should imitate Jesus. But really, to understand that properly, we have to do exactly what the Apostle Paul did here. We have to back up a little bit and start with what Jesus has done, that he has already rescued us from sin, that he's already made us Dearly loved children of God. And now that's what we want to imitate. If you think about Christ and his willingness to sacrifice himself, it really starts with humility, doesn't it? I know that's not easy. It doesn't come naturally to us to think about other people before we think about ourselves. But to imitate Christ means to see other people as God sees them, as important as souls for whom Jesus died, as people that we want to know that same love that we have from our Heavenly Father, that they too are dearly loved by that Father. We do that by recognizing, first of all, where we stand before God, that, that he truly calls us his own sons and daughters, not because we've been able to live up to his holy standard, but because faith in Jesus credits us with that holy standard. When we reflect on that, that's what gives us the opportunity to then look at others and say, how? How do I serve somebody else as Jesus served me first? How do I live this life of love and demonstrate God's love to others? That's a great question to ask ourselves every single day. God, today, open my eyes to the opportunities that you give me to serve you by serving others. Let me imitate the love that you had for me first in Christ as you give me opportunities to interact with others. It's really what the Apostle Paul was saying when he wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He wrote, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Maybe at first it sounds a little bit almost conceited for Paul to say, hey, follow my example. But look at what he says second. Follow my example because 
what Paul was doing in his life was striving to follow the example of Christ. That's the kind of imitation that God wants from us too. Opportunities to show love, the love of Jesus to others. A couple things just to take away from our message tonight. Number one, we are dearly loved by God and through Jesus we have eternal life. Paul wrote it this way in his letter to the Romans. God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then secondly, our lives are opportunities to imitate the selflessness of our Savior and to lead others to him. To his disciples, Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you also should love one another. I'm going to take you back to your grade school days just for a second. Does anybody remember playing follow the leader? No? Somebody had to walk around the kindergarten room and do different things, and then you all had to follow behind, right? Kind of a fun game for children to, to watch what the leader's going to do, and then, of course, you always waited for your turn to be the leader, and you're plotting out what you're going to do to make people follow you, right? And yes, it's a fun game for, for children to play, but, but even more, it's life-changing when it comes to following the leader who is our good shepherd. Jesus said it this way, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, and they will never perish. Neither can anyone snatch them out of my hand. That's what we have in our Savior Jesus. We have the assurance that we are safe in his hands through the life that we have here in this world all the way to eternity. That's the love we want others to know. Let's see that love of Jesus. Remind yourself often that you are dearly loved by God and then live that life of love as you imitate your Savior Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, your love for us is astounding. That you were willing to humble yourself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross, is too much for us to even comprehend. And yet you have convinced us of the truth that you have died for us, that we are forgiven, that we are dearly loved children and heirs of eternal life. Fill us with that love day after day, Lord. And then open our eyes to the opportunities that you give us to be imitators of that love to others. Bless our students in their lives here on campus and, in, and at home as well. Give them opportunities, Lord, to reflect on that love that you have given them. Remind them that they matter to you, that you have an eternal life waiting for them, and then give them the joy of living for you in this life until we all live with you forever in that perfect joy of heaven. We pray this all in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.